You're listening to the Gateway Franklin Church Podcast. To learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, including our service times here in Franklin, Tennessee, visit us online at gatewayfranklin.com. And now, here is this week's message. Well, Gateway, I hope you had a great day yesterday, uh, Christmas. The day after Christmas is always kind of a bittersweet day, uh, isn't it? Um, As we speed towards the turning of a calendar page for another year, what I want to emphasize is that yesterday was more of a fresh start than January 1st ever will be. I get that January 1 is is a reset of a physical calendar, but Christmas Day resets our entire life. And and it's the perfect reminder that nothing is impossible with God, that we're not alone in our day in and day out lives, and that there always will be more to life than this, than what we're already experiencing. Fresh Starts is one third of Gateway's mission statement. Fresh Starts, great friends, and real purpose. And a fresh start is more than just a mulligan. It's more than just a, a clean slate. It's, it's actually a, a whole new slate. A whole new slate for God to write uh, His story on all of our lives. You don't look the same after a fresh start. You don't feel the same after a fresh start. You don't act the same. You don't think the same. And in fact, you're so different when you're fresh in Christ that people will ask you, you look different. What, what did you do? Now, the Christian calendar gives us two days that are kind of fresh start days. Christmas, which we just experienced, and then Easter that I guess is upcoming or behind us, however you want to look at it. Two fresh start days, but what about the other 363 days? Well, it kind of depends how you look on it. Now, those are 363 days that we can fall in a ditch, run aground, um, 363 days that can create ruts that we can get stuck into. That's one way to look at those 363 days. And for sure, it happens. So we can see those as kind of far outnumbering those two fresh starts, or we can look at it this way. It's amazing what God does in two days that it doesn't just cover the 363 other days in the calendar year, but it actually covers our whole lives. But that isn't to deny that there is a grind to life and that grind does kind of wear us thin. And for sure, the last two years have kind of ganged up on us. In the fall of each year, I ask God in prayer what's next. It's become a rhythm of mine over the last seven or eight years. And and sometime during that fall, sometime during that pursuit of God and for direction into the new year, he just drops sometimes subtly, sometimes dramatically, but he, he begins by just a word. And then through chasing down that word in his word and much more times in prayer, then he does give me kind of a directional bearing. Um, that word has helped me personally um, as a husband, as a dad, as a, as a man, and it has helped me as a pastor. It's helped us as a church. And before I drop 
the word God gave me for 2022, let's just spend a moment and reflect over 2020 and 2021. Coming into the fall of 2020, uh, we were getting into this new facility and um, I really felt like the God gave me the word stronger and I was real excited about that word. Um, I, I understood that to mean that there were really core elements in our Christian life and God wanted us to hone in and get stronger at them so much in fact that in January of that year, I challenged you. I said, what I really want you to do is be able to look back in January 2021. I want you to look back at January 2020 and ask yourself, were you stronger in a variety of areas we dealt with in ministry? Were you stronger than you were when you first started that year? And lo and behold, though, what was it? Eight, 10, 12 weeks in, um, we were shut down for COVID. And it forced me to reevaluate, Lord, did, did, what were you speaking into me when you said stronger? And then it made a lot of sense that unless we go deeper, unless we were going to anchor stronger into, into Christ, um, 2020 was going to swallow us. And I do believe that we ended 2020 stronger. I, I know we'd all prefer easier rather than hard in whatever we're talking about in life. But it's in the hard that you become stronger. You don't become stronger in anything in an easy path. You only become stronger in a hard path. Well, no doubt, I was like everybody else. I'm looking at the fall of 2020 saying, okay, God, we for sure are ready for a new word from you. And in that process, God in his faithfulness, I heard the word forward. And as I chased that down, I got more excited that we were all, even as a country, as a, as a nation, uh, as, as a world, we were looking to try to turn a page, only to find out, really, it didn't take long in 2021 to find out that the page didn't turn. So what was forward about? Forward was about not getting stuck. It was another directional word. It was like the old, the old song says, uh, if you're going through hell, uh, keep on going. It was it was this keep moving. It was that constant. Every time you wanted to sit down or or lick your wounds or 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 whatever, it was God was saying, "Come on, keep, let's keep coming. Come on, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving." And that's what we did. That's what you did. If you're watching specifically, you know that's what you did because you're sitting here today. You're well. I don't I don't feel very forward. I feel pretty beat up, and I and I get that. Um, you know, no, nothing slowed down in these two years. Things got hard. I referenced it many times that under pressure, um, systems show their weak spots. They show where they leak, where things are joined together, maybe not as good as they could have. And, and so you probably did experience leaks um, in a variety of ways, relationships, all kinds of stuff, because there was all this additional pressure put on the system. So going into this year, eyes wide open, okay, Lord, you are the only one who knows the future. What are we looking at next year? What, what, what do you want to speak into your body, known as Gateway Church? What do you want to speak into my life? And just as subtly and as suddenly as some of those other words over the last seven or eight years came, I heard him say to me, as best as I can tell you, I heard him say to me, renewal. And I can tell you that when I heard that word renewal, 
there was this breath, this exhale of, but then my mind went to then what, what, what am I going to have to do um, to be renewed? And then he was really quick with helping me understand the difference between the word renew and the word renewal. See, the, the word renew really does put the emphasis on what I do, that I'm responsible to renew. And yet, renewal, the subtlety there was it was something that God wanted to do for me, what God wants to do for us. He, he wants to bring renewal, and that's, and that's a lot different. Over this uh, last, I don't know, maybe it's three or four years, could be longer, um, you might have noticed something in the baseball world, if you watch any baseball, um, they call it the shift. And it's been employed um, to stop some of the, the offensive uh, power and potency. So traditionally, there's two people on the right side of the infield playing first and second base, and two people on the left side of the infield playing third base and shortstop. And depending on who the power hitter or how many they have on, on a roster, um, the right-hander comes up, they'll load up the right side of the infield, they'll move the second baseman over, and they'll, they'll shift, and now they'll have three infielders with one of them playing back a little deeper to kind of cover that spot, and vice versa for left-hander. Um, this was introduced, I mean, way back in the, in the 20s, and then it was employed with Mickey Mantle and Ted Williams, but nev never on a wide-scale basis before 2006, so I guess that's 15 years, with a manager named Joe Madden. And uh, he, was a, he was the manager of the 2006 uh, Tampa Bay Rays, and Joe kind of broke the mold. He, he, he kind of he decided against conventional wisdom and kind of went for um, just what he observed. I mean, if, if baseball can measure anything, baseball will measure it. And just through the analytics, he realized that he could cut down the average and the like, and, and so we have this shift. Now, what, what's that all about? Well, what, what Joe was doing was he was positioning his players for success. And so this year, 2022, I, I get to, I think, assume one of my favorite roles, and that's coaching. How do we position ourselves then for renewal? If renewal is something God does and we don't do, it's not that then we just sit on the, on the couch with a, a root beer and a bag of potato chips and say, okay, God, do whatever you want to do. There is a position that we have to, to take, that we have to feel, that to be ready for, to put us in a place where God can renew us. And that's what uh, January 22 is going to be about. That's what next year is going to be about is... How can we position ourselves for God to bring renewal? Um, so let me open up with um, a scripture, a, a whole chapter in Isaiah to kind of help even whet our appetite for what renewal looks like. Um, and it's no irony that we celebrate Christmas. And then this next Sunday, day later, I'm going to talk about Isaiah again. Um, the prophet that gives more messianic prophecies than any other Old Testament prophet. And there is a nod, there's a nod to messianic prophecy here in Isaiah 40, but I want you to hear it through the lens of renewal. All right, so I'll read it for you and then we'll, we'll back into it. It says, Comfort, 
Comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all of mankind together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice cries out and said, What shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are, are like grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Don't be afraid. Say the towns of Judah, here is your God. See the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who has understood the mind of the Lord or instructed him as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They're guarded, regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him all the nations are as nothing. They're regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. To whom then will you compare God? What image will you compare him to? As for an idol, a craftsman casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold, and fashions it, fashions silver chains for it. A man too poor to present such an offering selects wood that will not rot. He looks for a skilled craftsman to set up an idol that will not topple. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy. He spreads, out, he spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught, reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground, than he blows on them and they wither. And a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. Now hang with me. I'm getting to the part a lot of you may know. Verse 25. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? 
says the Holy One. Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name because of his great power and his mighty, mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. It's a long word. It's a long prophecy. But you can see there's, there's, it's, it's multifaceted and from start to finish. And it, it's a word that God drops into Israel in the midst of an exile, in the midst of their, their own actions, putting them in a position where they now were separated from God. And all of that would have entailed from, 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 um, from spiritually, religiously, uh, from politically, from economically, there was, a, there was a distance, there was a separation, and they were not a free people. And in the middle of all of that, here comes this word, comfort. Comfort my people. It's, a, it's actually in the Hebrew, you can break it out even wider and, and speak with sympathy, speak with empathy to my children, speak with understanding. It's, it, it was a word to, to bring into maybe an agitated state, um, a state where they thought that this was going to be inevitable, that where they were, they saw no way out. And yet here comes this word from the Lord. Verses three and five were also probably verses maybe you've recognized, maybe not. It says, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain hill made low. The rough ground shall become leveled, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all mankind together will see it for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The reason why that might be familiar is that passage is recorded in every single one of the Gospels in reference to the coming of the Messiah. So Israel's, Israel's uh, the word to Israel here through Isaiah had a double ring to it. There, there, there was a ring for the moment that, that they were going to see, they were going to be renewed and that even though they were in the middle of exile, in the middle of being separated from God, that was going to come to an end. And that, and that word, that promise is given ahead of time so that they could live in a state of renewal even though they were in a physical state of exile. That was one ring. The second ring was there was a coming of a Messiah that would bring renewal to all of us even in the midst of everything that we're in the middle of. There's there's the double ring. And then so everybody who would read this passage after Christ would understand the double ring. And although these words are dated in Isaiah, they're never outdated. 
because we can latch on to these words, we can latch on to all the birth narratives and all the advent that we had celebrated over the last four or five weeks of hope, joy, peace, um, love, light. And those aren't outdated words then, they're not outdated words now, and they're, they're ways in which God wants to bring renewal to us. In verse 9, it talked about that Zion were going to be, they were going to be recipients of this word. They were going to be recipients of this um, renewal. Um, they were going to be recipients of the promise. But was, what's interesting, they were also going to be carriers of the promise. And, and when I was reading that this week, I, I flashed to Acts 1.8. Jesus, before he ascends into heaven after the resurrection, he speaks to his followers and he tells them um, that they were to wait to receive the Holy Spirit. And he said, but when the Holy Spirit comes, he, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The parallel I, I, I made here was that Israel was going to receive a promise and they were going to carry the promise forward into Christ. You, you receive and you carry. And so you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit and then you will be my witnesses. Be, you, will, you will be before you do. That all doing will flow from being. You will be a recipient of this power, but you also carry this power. And, and this good news he drops in and says, here is your God, verse 9. And then 10, see the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See his reward is with him. His recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers lambs in his arms, carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And boy, I just read that and it is renewing just to read that we have a shepherd we have someone looking out after us, attending to us, ensuring our safety, ensuring our provision. Um, just the mere fact that the, the sheep aren't alone, that there's a presence with them on the hillside. And then, and then it even gets, it gets more intimate. It gets more fatherly because then it talks about the shepherd then holding close and gently the lambs. Aren't those words of renewal? I mean, if you were held gently right now by someone who had the power of provision and that, that, that power of protection, but yet in, in all of that power, you were held gently and close, those are renewing words. Then the, then the prophecy kind of takes a shift because... Then God wants, he's going to establish himself again. He's going to establish his authority. He's going to establish his uniqueness. In fact, he, he doesn't say that I'm unique among the gods. Basically, he says is, I am the only God. <laughs> he starts weaving in some, some geographic history. They would have known about Lebanon. They would have known about the, the cedars of Lebanon. These would have been used for the building of the temple. They, it was a vast forest. Um, it would have been full of wildlife, and yet... With all the sacrifices that had been given to all the gods of the world and even the sacrifices given in the temple, God is kind of stepping forward and saying, if you use all of that timber and if you use all of that wildlife to sacrifice to me, you still would not touch the glory that I am. Don't be overwhelmed about where you are. Be overwhelmed with who's with you in the middle. 
And I think the middle, and I've talked about middle a lot at Gateway, the, the, the middle is when we need reassurance. The middle is when we need renewal. Listen, when something's over, I don't know if you need renewal. It's already past you. Sure, you're depleted. Sure, you might be tired. But man, when we need renewal, when we need the promise of that renewal is the middle of this. And this is what makes this so great. Um, Isaiah's prophesying thousands of years, a thousand years before the birth of Christ. He's speaking to us before then, but he's speaking in the middle of his own exile. Isaiah doesn't write this from some hillside from some other country. Isaiah is experiencing the same exile the people he's writing to. And so I would say that, that Isaiah first receives the promise of renewal through these words, and then he gives this promise, and he can with such hope and such vigor and such energy, because he himself has allowed himself to be renewed by this word of the Lord. I know when we go through hard seasons, and I know I'm collectively using the last two years, but you had your own hard season in the midst of those two years. And in those seasons, we feel alone, we feel abandoned, we ask, where is God? And, and, and God anticipates those same questions because in verse 27, he actually speaks now into their complaining and says, why do you complain, Jacob? And, and I don't hear it, I mean, it might not be this way, but I don't hear it as a, as a chastisement, maybe. But I hear it coming from this reassuring tone like, like, I've heard your complaint, and I, I've seen the struggle. But why, Jacob, why Jacob complain? Why, why say that your way is hidden from the Lord? Why, why do we think that? Why do we think that when we go through hard, that we're hidden from God? He tells them, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. The implication is, I've created the beginning from the end, so I know everything about the middle. And he says, I won't grow tired or weary, and, and my fathom can't be understood. Or my understanding, you, you can't fathom. And then he says, he gives strength to the weary, he increases the weak, and even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They're going to soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They're going to walk and not faint. Well, when I read that, I actually heard it in a different voice. And if you let me, let me, let me read you those, those same verses in a different tone and maybe in a, a different manner. And obviously, if you, I'm, I'm not God, but he, hear these words as if God was speaking them to you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read them here as I wrote them. Don't be discouraged. I haven't thrown in the towel. I haven't lost sight of you. These last two years and all they've contained have not gotten away from me. I haven't got tired of ruling. I won't get tired of leading and shepherding you. I know that things don't make sense to you right now, but I only make sense. I don't do non-sense. I'm here to give you strength you can't give yourself. Even the least likely among you get tired, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. 
And those same least likely people trip and fall over hard things. But if you will place 100% hope in me, I will give you more strength than you can imagine. I will be like a warm, uplifting current of air raising you up and over obstacles, covering vast distances with minimal strain. Trust me. Stretch out your wings and catch my breeze. If you'll trust me, strength won't be an issue for you. Whether energy, whether the energy for a quick burst or the stamina for a drawn out marathon. Do you need renewal? It's all about positioning ourselves to receive something that God wants to give us. God wants to renew you and me. God wants to renew our church. This is, this is a good word. This is an encouraging, life-giving word. And I want to leverage our 21-day fast and all of my preaching in January to, to position us in the best way that we can to receive the renewal that God wants to send us. This is a this is a foregone conclusion in the sense that this is what God wants to do. This is his word for us to renew us. Now, what are we going to do with that word? How are we going to engage him with that word? And let me end with this. There's more at play here than just ourselves receiving renewal. Because as Isaiah received the promise and Israel received the promise, they carried the promise, and now we have the Messiah. And the first believers received the Messiah, and they received the power of the Holy Spirit. They were recipients of it, and then they carried that renewal. And so as we get renewed, then we are carriers of renewal to others. The picture that um, we're going to put up now. That, that is a young man named Charles. And I, um, I met Charles at one of my favorite lunch places. Um, I just had walked in and um, there was a line. And there's not usually a line at this place at the time I went in. I go a little later to kind of avoid the lines. And um, he engages me and says, hey, do you live here? And I said, yeah. And he asked me about one of the sandwiches. And, um, and so then I said, well, where do, where do you live? And, um, and I looked around, there was a lot of young people and they had LSU gear on. And I made no Georgia jokes. I just trying to figure out what all these uh, 20-somethings were doing in this LSU gear. And um, I told him about the sandwich and I said, well, what, what brings you here? And he said, well, um, I'm part of a, a campus ministry on LSU's campus. And we were in 60 of us in Cincinnati working with a church planner, and we're on our way back through. Well, I'm a sucker for church planners, and I'm a, I'm a sucker for 20-somethings that, that are doing what he was doing. So I, I went ahead and kind of told him I was a pastor down the road, and uh, being a church planner myself, I appreciated the fact that he would, uh, he would do that. And I felt prompted, prompted to buy, buy his lunch. Well, actually, I had a gift card uh, that someone had given me to renew me. So I buy his lunch, 
And, you know, we exchanged pleasantries and he went and sat with his group and then I went and sat by myself. I had a couple articles that I was reading and going over for, um, actually for the sermon that I preached last week. And then I look up and here he comes. He comes walking towards me. He sits down. He says, can I have lunch with you? I said, yeah, of course, sit down. And he goes to tell me that it was on that trip he actually gave his life to Christ. That a buddy just had invited him to the campus ministry thing. This came up, sounded like a good thing to do after finals, and he went and did it. But on this trip, he received Christ. And I'm telling you, from the moment I walked in the door, this young man had, his eyes were lit up. And he, I mean, the, the best way to frame it in the context of what I'm talking about today is he looked fresh. He looked fresh. I can tell you I probably didn't look real fresh. I probably looked tired. I probably looked like I had a hundred things on my mind. And yet he sits down across from me, what I could be close to 40 years older than he is, and he chose to eat lunch with me and said, can I ask you some questions about faith? And we had discussions about the Bible and where to start reading and how he came to Christ and how excited he was. And I could, I could just get, I just started getting renewed as I was talking to him in his state of renewal and before we left it was his idea that's where this picture comes from I'm not a I can't take them very well so that's the picture that I took with my phone as a selfie because he wanted a picture Charles with Charlie and asked me if he could call me sometime and I was renewed so much so that I wanted to introduce you to Charles from Baton Rouge Louisiana there's always more at stake in our renewal than just us. Dad, when you are renewed, your family will be renewed. Mom, when you are renewed, you'll tell it in your home. Kids, students, it wouldn't be the first time that I saw renewal launched and sparked from the ground up from kids and teenagers pushing in, wanting to know about God, wanting to believe that there's something to it in the here and now, just in the, not just in the then and later. Renewal. Are you ready for renewal? I am. It's a mixture. It's a mixture of anticipation. It's a mixture of being tired. Um, it's a mixture of uh, carrying heavy stuff and wanting to not carry so much heavy stuff. There's a, there's a lot of variations of why each of us need renewal. And you know what? And God knows everyone down to the T. Like he told them, your way's not hidden from me. I mean, even think about this moment. I'm in the church studio filming this ahead of time for Sunday, December 26th, the Sunday after Christmas, so that we could still gather. You're in your living room, you're in your kitchen, you may be on vacation. You might not even be a part of Gateway and have stumbled upon this broadcast. Coincidence? No. He doesn't do coincidences. God doesn't do random. The stuff he does always makes sense. Renewal. 
He wants us to have it. We need to receive it. And I pray today that you will. That you receive what he wants. And, and possibly, I might not see you in January. You might not tune into anything we have to say about positioning for Newell. But you need to know how to find Christ now. First, I would suggest opening up your Bible. The young man, Charles, he wanted to start at the book of Genesis. You can, but Genesis can get pretty confusing by, by chapter 6. I would suggest starting with the Gospel of John. John was a disciple of Jesus. He was a first-hand witness to Jesus. John was a, a close friend. He became a close friend of Jesus. John was a simple man. He didn't have a lot of pretense about him. He just he just said what he saw, what he felt, he expressed. I mean, John, what you see is what you get with John. And I'd say where that ends up leading you to is a surrender. A moment when you acknowledge that, not just that you're tired, um, but you don't know what to do next. You've tried all you've known to try, and you keep striking out. And I can tell you that you can try Jesus. That you can surrender your life to Him. You can tell Him that you're out of options. You can tell Him that what you've had a hold of, you've made a mess of. Or simply, if you haven't made a mess of it, it hasn't produced the life that you had anticipated, and you're wanting to know if there's more. And when you invite Him to lead and Lord in your life, he steps in without asking any more questions. Why? He already knows all of those answers. And you can be renewed. We finish this Sunday as team comes back and leads us in the, the goodness of God. And as we end this year, as hard as it may have been, I know you can reflect and realize that we're through that year because of that goodness. So I encourage you, like you would be if you were standing in the sanctuary today, that movement matters. So even if you stayed seated during the opening segment of worship, I encourage you now to stand with your arms raised high, maybe kneel um, as we conclude in worship. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. Again, to learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, find us online at gatewayfranklin.com. Thanks for joining us today.